today's edition of the College Football Daily. Uh, we're joined by Baylor head coach Dave Aranda. Uh, coach Aranda, thanks so much for joining us today. Oh, excited to be with you. Yeah, for sure. I'll get started right quick with uh, one of your hires this offseason for the staff. You brought in Jeff Grimes from BYU. I don't think it's often you see play callers with an O-line background. How do you see that experience in the trenches layered into his game planning and coaching style? It's right out in front. I think it's one of the main the main reasons behind the move, really, was just the strong identity and then, you know, having Lyman be at the forefront, right? And so the energy and edge and execution of uh, a running play or, you know, the uh, communication it takes to have this six-man or seven-man protection to knock back defenses and to inflict harm. And so I think, like, all of those things are attitude things, and small details uh, have big effects, and I think simple can be sophisticated. And I think all of that comes through the coach. And so right from the beginning, that was kind of the purpose of it all, and he's been great. Spring was, was a good look into kind of what's becoming. He's clearly coming off of an excellent year at BYU. I think that was kind of capped off last weekend with Zach Wilson going number two in the draft. Baylor has an opening at QB for the first time in a couple of years after Charlie Brewer opted to transfer. How did that battle between Gary Bohannon and Jacob Zeno play out in the spring? And what are you kind of expecting with it moving forward? No good. Yeah, I thought it was competitive. You know, Blake Shapens right in that mix too. So between those three, sharing, you know, someone's number one guy today, Someone's the number two guy today. Someone's number three. And then the next day, kind of flipping that around, and so that everyone, you know, of those three, everyone's running with the ones and uh, sharing the reps of the two threes. And so I think you're able to look at and give everyone a fair shot of it. You know, I thought the practices on the Tuesday, Thursdays were really informative, and I thought the scrimmages you're able to see some separation with guys. But I think you know, as in a general in a general view of it, you know, we see the competition going into uh, camp and probably get ending somewhere there prior to the end of camp. But you look at a guy like Gary and, and his leadership, his, um, his veteran experience and presence, he's got a really strong arm, you know, when his play action passes and it's, and it's boots and waggles and things, he's out of pocket, he really shines. You look at, uh, and you know, there's improvement with Gary in the dropback passing game. When you get to the dropback passing game, the guy that, that uh, from the start started off really fast was uh, Jacob Zeno, and just anticipation and uh, understanding of defenses, and ball coming out quick, receivers coming out of the breaks, and there's the ball on that. And then I think his ability to throw the deep ball, I think, is also there. Then you talk about what Blake, you know, Blake's learning. And I think his um, his learning curve is probably the greatest with being rather new. And then you know, his arm strength, his arm talent, his ability to imp- improvise and kind of uh, get out of bad things with a with a really big play. You know, he's got a knack for that, and so it was it was it was fun to kind of work with that. And then Kyron Drones is with us too, and he's yep. uh, was new this January and has all this ability and just a great heart and a, and a great. Um, thirst for knowledge. And so our quarterback coach is Sean Bell. So he is fully engaged and, and, and with these guys. And I feel like you know our competition is going to bring out the best uh, for us. And so I look forward to seeing that come true. Yeah, certainly a really interesting room. And Kyron was Kyron was a guy I enjoyed watching more than maybe any other player in the state this year uh, with Shadow Creek. So he was a lot of fun to watch. 
I know the Big 12 has a reputation as an offensive league, at least traditionally, but I also think it has some of the most innovative defensive play calling in the nation. Did you see anything from the Big 12 last year in your first year that surprised you in that regard or any other kind of thinking back on it? Well, no, this will, this is a good, a good topic. I see the Big 12 offensively being more 12 personnel, you know, one back, two tight ends, two receivers. And I think recently, you know, with the higher at Kansas just recently, I think probably even more so. And so I see wide zone being a staple offensively. I see three and four man surfaces being a staple offensively. I see max protection, two and three man routes being a staple. I see more traditional sets, a Big Ten uh, approach kind of uh, infiltrating the league and the less, you know, 10 personnel looks, yeah. <laughs> whether there's a tight end or not, being flexed out. You know, it looks like there's four receivers out there, even though that may be a tight end or it may be a receiver or maybe a back. But those types of looks, I think, are being fewer and fewer, you know. And so I think that that is uh, creeping on the league. And, but then I think, to answer your question specifically, defensively, the amount of stunts, variety of fronts, the amount of pressures, whether it's interior plugs or outside um, outside edge pressure, I think it's more than any 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 other league. And I think some of that is based upon recruiting. And you know, you're kind of in the midst of uh, growing a guy from you know a really raw high school phenom to a filled out, developed, grown up man playing D line. Whereas in other leagues, maybe you get that guy kind of grown up as plug and play, ready to go. So you kind of let him play. You know, where I think the stage we're at right now, we've got to grow those guys. And so in the midst of that growth, you know, what fronts, what pressures can you do to uh, not allow people to run down a hill on you? And I think the league is really taking on that approach. You look at Iowa State, you know, Iowa State three-man fronts, variety there, uh, linebacker and nickel pressures. You look at uh, the four-down fronts, you know, Kansas State, Oklahoma, TCU, and the amount of twists that you see in stunts, much more than you're used to seeing. You know, then you look at the, the amount of safeties that are involved in the core to stop the run, right? And so you look at like Oklahoma State, TCU again is right there, West Virginia, and their linebacker plugs, safety involvement. And so I think, you know, it's a very aggressive, multiple attacking defensive league. And so I think the ability on offense to add three and four man surfaces to run wide zone where you're not having to push upwards and, and single guys out on offense where now you can all work in unison and run guys out sideways. And, you know, the, the more people are involved in the, in the run box, the more you can play action pass and isolate them. You know, I think it's a, um, those are trends on offense and it's rightfully so because they, they kind of artfully address the, uh, you know, the prescription on the other side. So we'll see. It'll be interesting this, this fall. Everyone's had a full spring and a full offseason to address stuff. Yeah, I think people that aren't paying attention would be shocked by the lack of 10 personnel that you see in the Big 12 now from week to week. It used to be so commonplace and it's totally shifted the last couple of years. Shifting gears, um, safety Jalen Petrie is one of my favorite stories in the country. He was the only player committed to Baylor for months in the 2017 class. He had a breakout year for y'all last season. I'm just wondering, what does he mean to the program as both a player and what he kind of represents for the program? 
Jim has got a great heart. He has a great smile about him. When you're one-on-one with him, you can't help but like him. You know, he's got, he could put a spell on people. He has a charisma about him that's really going to serve him well for whatever he wants to do. You know, but I think, you know, equally as important as all that is that underneath all that is just a legitimate dude. I mean, a really good person that operates with class and integrity, you know, wants to do stuff the right way, you know, is really fighting to, uh, to serve others. And so I think, you know, it doesn't take long to recognize that. And so when you have that on your side as one of your better players, what a blessing that is, you know, great intangibles, analyze limits. And LSU a couple of years ago, there's a guy named Grant Duncan, and Grant was um, was a safety when he was down near the core. And it really came alive, you know, blitzing and fitting in the run and setting edges and all of that. And, um, you know, different body types and that, but Jalen has a lot of those same characteristics. He can process very quick and communicate and um, really take a leadership role. And that's, we've seen that double down here in spring. And so I'm excited for Jalen's going. With, with our uh, with our defense and with our team, you know, it's in the right direction. He plays a really exciting hybrid role for y'all too, so it's really fun to see him in the box for sure. Um, last thing, I'm, I've held you for long enough. Baylor has won national titles recently in men's and women's hoops uh, within the last two years. The football team went to the Sugar Bowl in 2019. How would you kind of describe the energy and buy-in around Baylor athletics right now? It's really strong. I think the opportunity to see people that don't have to make a choice between class and integrity and really high standards and winning, you know, that you can have all, you can be all of that. You can use your sport as a way to, to work on yourself, you know, for mastery yourself through sport. And I think, you know, from top down at Baylor, I, you know, that, that starts with our president and our AD, the whole thing, you know, and so you just, you get indoctrinated into just, a family, a culture of caring for others and of winning, you know. And so it's um, it's impressive for me to be around. I am learning every day and uh, excited for our turn or our, our shot at it. Well, yeah, Coach, thanks so much for taking the time to join us today and uh, best of luck the rest of the offseason and heading into next year. Hey, appreciate you. Thank you. Thanks to Baylor head coach Dave Aranda for coming on the podcast. The Bears SID Taylor Bryan for helping to facilitate the interview. Uh, we really appreciate it. After a 2020 season filled with only two wins, but five losses by 10 points or fewer, the Bears are hoping to make a huge jump in the win-loss column next year. For our producer Lance Glenn, I'm Chris Hummer. We'll be back tomorrow with the next edition of the College Football Daily.